Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats, like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate <laughs> is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa, mm-hmm. it is a bad day to be a Jewish space laser. Is it? Yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene, been named to the Homeland Security <laughs> Committee in the House of Representatives. Justice for all victims of the space lasers. God help us. This week, we are joined by Michaela Watkins and Kara Clank to take on the following questions. Why are Republicans suddenly so worried about stoves? Why do men who hate women complain when we don't want to hang out with them? Where do you draw the line between supportive friend and unwitting enabler? And what kind of chocolate should go directly into the trash? All this and more right now. And welcome to the show. Alyssa, so excited to be here with you today. I want to just start news this week by getting something kind of off my chest. I think elephant in the room, something we've all been talking about. Maybe the most important issue facing America right now. Gas stoves. Oh. Gas stoves. Yeah. A few weeks ago, there was information bandied about a quote from a commissioner at the Consumer Product Safety Commission suggested that gas stoves actually have some harmful health effects Mm -hmm. if you have them in your home and it can produce like a hidden hazard. And since then, that's been like the only thing that people like your former doctor, Ronnie, (laughs) Congressman Ronnie uh, Jackson, want to talk about. It has become this huge thing in the culture where I just want to point something out. Hmm. I had no idea so many Republican men were such great chefs. Oh, I had no idea. So many conservative men, they're preparing their own food. Erin, listen, it's not just them. Forever boyfriend Joe Manchin also weighed in on this one. Very anti-clutching the gas stove from his dead hands. I gotta say, if anyone gives me a vibe I prepare my own meals and have always prepared meals for myself. It's not Joe Manchin. I really think that if I had a morning TV show or even like a, if I was like an Anderson Cooper type figure, I would invite some of these dudes into studio and then surprise be like, guys, we're going to cook today. (laughs) Look, we're going to cook. What's your favorite recipe? Let's do it. Let's do this. Because not only are you chefs, you are such picky chefs because you know the more you cook the more you develop like habits around like what you like to use you're like I like this pan yes it's true I like using this tool whatever and you get more and more and more in your your habits as you get better at at cooking I think Mm -hmm. I didn't know that they were just like so so into cooking that they just had this deep attachment to their stoves they feel strongly about their stoves yeah 
Maybe we should ask your mommies what they think about their stoves because I don't really think that these people honestly are. I don't think they're using their gas stoves. I don't think they know how to turn on their gas stoves. No, no. And maybe the fact that they don't know how to turn it in or turn it on is maybe that's why they all seem like they've been huffing gas for years and years. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just I find the whole debate strange. I like using a gas stove, but information is coming out that's like, hey, this is actually bad. I'll be like, oh, cool. I'll use that information to make more informed choices about how I cook. Right. What's wrong with being informed? Everything, Alyssa. There are two parties in this country and one values information and taking information and incorporating it into the way that we live our lives. And the other one is anti the information. Also, the same group of people who are like getting information that almost all mass shootings are accomplished uh, with AK-15s and AR-15s and all these like terrible guns that you don't need for hunting. And they're like, yeah, but you're not going to take away my rights. Aaron, is a gas stove a right? No, I don't think they had gas stoves at the beginning of this country. Although I do have another question, and this is a little bit of a troll question. You know how like contracts cannot be legally enforced if you were like under um, duress or in, you're impaired when you sign the contract, right? Yeah. Weren't all the founding fathers like really drunk all the time? All the time on all kinds of stuff. Right. So like, were they all drunk when like the constitution was voted on and stuff? Like, is it a legally enforceable document? <laughs> I don't know. It's a very good question. We should bring that up. I am cooking with gas today. Uh, callback. Okay, um, let's talk a little bit more about another thing that might be banned. This is something that Republicans want to ban, and that is the app TikTok. Alyssa, what do you make of the proposed TikTok ban, and what do you think is really going on behind the scenes? I don't know. It all seems like very dramatic, except I will say that when China has gotten involved in things, we do tend to get a little bit skittish. Years ago, the Chinese bought the Waldorf Hotel and then the Chinese government took it over and uh, presidents don't stay at the Waldorf anymore. So, hmm. I mean, TikTok is so, I mean, in America alone, I think there are over 100 million users. Right. So it seems like there would be utter outrage if it were banned. I'd say to me, you know, because I'm a real business person, Aaron, <laughs> uh, I'd say if it were me, the Chinese company should just sell it to an American company if push came to shove because it feels like they'd get a lot more money than it being outright banned in the U.S. It feels hard to ban, but I don't know why everything's taking so long um, with this sort of process that they're going through with foreign regulators. But, I mean, it seems very dramatic, like something that would cause an outright revolution if it happens. So I feel like there's going to be some middle ground. Right. And, you know, I, I think that there are legitimate concerns, like you said. Yeah. Um, a company, ByteDance, which is the the parent company of TikTok, ByteDance's cozy relationship with the Chinese government and the ability of ByteDance employees to access data right. is troubling. But I still don't see how... ByteDance, apart from the whole the whole China connection, how ByteDance is any different from any social media company. Mm -hmm. There have been some kind of alarmist stories that are like, oh, well, it accessed some user data or like it, you know, people were improperly looking things up. But employees at other social media companies have done the same thing. And yeah, law enforcement employees have improperly accessed information on 
people that had nothing to do with cases that they were actually investigating, like uh, romantic partners. Um, so I, I just feel as though, I don't know. And also, Facebook right now is really flailing. It is on its heels. And part of the reason it's on its heels is because people under 30 don't use Facebook. Right. People don't want to use it anymore. They're all on TikTok. I think that it, it let's take a look at who would benefit the most from a TikTok ban. And that's people who are part of more traditional, quote unquote, or uh, older social media companies that older Americans tend to use. And um, yeah, but I don't think Generation Z will let this happen. I don't think they'll let it happen, though. I do think not to be, you know, overly dramatic. There are issues just because ByteDance is in China. There are lots of issues with the kind of access the Chinese government has to the information Chinese companies possess. Mm -hmm. So um, I do put as little as possible on TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, another thing that I think I mean, this is sort of a bipartisan issue. You know, it's not necessarily Republicans want to ban TikTok and Democrats don't want to ban TikTok. But I do think that there is kind of bolstering this reasonable apprehension about the Chinese government's close ties with companies within China. I think underneath it, there's also a little bit of fear and concern about the fact that information that spreads on TikTok isn't necessarily something that anybody knows how to control. Like Facebook sold itself as something that could be manipulated and targeted ads. And and that gives like some sort of government entity or somebody who whose career is made partly on messaging. It gives them like a viable. It's like, OK, this is a partner that I can use to get my message out or to reach people that I want to reach. TikTok is chaotic compared to Facebook's ability to like deliberately reach people or to like juice numbers and and things like that. That's true. And so there's a part of me that thinks like it would be way easier for Republicans, for Democrats, for anybody running a political campaign if TikTok wasn't around to just be this giant question mark that could just totally fuck them up with like young voters. All it would take is like one piece of viral bad info, whether or not it's true on TikTok. And TikTok doesn't really have the mechanisms to be like, hey, guys, this is disinfo. So there's something that's kind of scary about that giant question mark. Right. So we'll see what happens. You know, a TikTok ban wouldn't necessarily mean that TikTok would like be deleted from your phone. It would just mean you can't find it in the app store anymore. Right. And if there's anything I've learned about what happens when old people try to control technology that young people like to use, it's that the young people have figured out a way around whatever blockades old people will put on (laughs) before the blockades are even in place. Like me sitting in my basement, understanding how to like break through the parental control and watch MTV constantly when I was in high school. I never figured that out, but I'm an oldie. (laughs) Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like you're older, you're trying to keep someone young from accessing technology. They like the young person already knows it way better than you. They're going to figure a way around it. It's very true. It's true. Um, We also have an update on the murders in Idaho, and it is sort of what I mean, look, I don't like to be one of those people that's just speculating into a microphone about what definitely happened, especially when it comes to this sort of true crime type stuff. But privately, when this first broke, 
there was some chatter among like friends, people that I would talk to about this stuff, that it this guy gave off some kind of incel vibes. Mm-hmm. And we're getting information now that that vibe might have been correct. You might have been witching. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people got those vibes from him. I'm not the only one in any way, shape or form. There's a, a lot of people saw and read stuff about him and they were like, oh, yeah, this guy's giving me strong incel, angry internet incel vibes. Two weeks before the four University of Idaho students were murdered last November, the man accused of killing them sent a series of messages to one of the victims on Instagram, according to an investigator that is familiar with the case. Um, Apparently, he sent her a few messages that they probably would have gone to her drafts fold or requests. requests. Yeah, not drafts. Um, Yeah. Like if you don't follow somebody and they send you a message, you don't see it unless you deliberately look at your requests. Right. So he didn't get a response to those messages. She might not have seen them, but it seems like he was interested in contacting at least one of the victims. And that is, man, well, I don't know. What do you make of this information, Alyssa? I mean, well, it's it's very weird because we got this information on the heels of that MAGA politician in Albuquerque mm-hmm. who also was trying to target liberals, Democrats. And he, too, now there's video that he tried to contact all of these people before he went after them. And uh, I mean, it's just fucking it's creepy. It's just I mean, it's just it's just fucking creepy. There's no other way to really put it. Right. It's like a what is it? A violent like entitlement to people's attention and time. Right. And proximity and space. I mean, it's it's like this guy, because like by learning this information, you're like, was he trying to stalk Mm -hmm. her or was did he go kill them because she didn't reply to his fucking message that she probably never saw? Man, you know, I feel for Brian Koberger's family because I it just yeah it my heart breaks for for them it it just must be so devastating and so I don't want to put this on his family but I just want to say in general more widely I think it's really important to teach boys and young men that they are not entitled to anybody's time or attention you're not entitled to anybody totally like and it it doesn't matter if you feel as though you were wronged by them not giving you romantic attention it doesn't matter if you feel like you were wronged by them not treating you like an important politician it doesn't matter you're not entitled to anybody's time or attention and you know on the flip side nobody is entitled to your time and attention so you know it cuts both ways right um yeah the story the more that comes out about it the more i'm just like this is everything that i was afraid that it would be and yeah ugh what a gross story top to bottom speaking of gross we haven't really talked about this guy on the show ugh. but andrew tate the bald influencer because i think it's really important to m- look bald men can be very attractive and and you know own it. They can own it, you know? Yes. And then sometimes if a bad man is bald and feels bad about it, it's okay to make fun of him, I think. Right? The man is a self-described misogynist. We can say whatever the fuck we want about him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's been accused of raping multiple women. Um, He's been in Romanian custody now for... (laughs) 
several weeks, not long enough, in my opinion. Um, details have emerged from the original case where he was accused of uh, raping a woman, and it's really stomach-churning. It's really awful. And uh, apparently the the new evidence in this case includes WhatsApp messages that uh, Andrew Tate sent to the woman that basically are like, yeah, I raped you, and it was great. And I loved it. It made me feel great. It turned me on. He, You know... He's a disgusting person, and he deserves everything bad that could possibly happen to him. But I I think the reason that we can't just ignore him forever, even though it'd be great if we could, is that there's a lot of young men who are really into him, who think he's great. And this is kind of happening at the same time that a bunch of other things are happening. Um, Young men are having less sex than, mm-hmm. you know, in recent history for as long as we've been keeping, I don't know, sex tabs on everybody. Young men aren't having sex and they're really mad at women because they're not having sex. And the people who are mad at women for not having sex are the same people that are sort of championing laws that make it less safe for women to have sex, that make the cost really high. So at the same time that the cost of having sex as a young woman is getting higher and higher, with a lack of access to abortion, threatened access to contraception, a complete lack of a social safety net, at least in the U.S. As the cost is getting high, the quality of men is like getting lower and lower and lower. People are like, what is wrong with these women? It's like, I don't know. Basic economic principles. Supply and demand, baby. But this, so this guy, when the Greta Thunberg of it all happened, I was like, who is this person? Aaron, I had never heard of him. Oh, lucky you. I had to look up his Wikipedia page. And let me tell you something. Let me just revisit the Wikipedia page for a minute because honestly, how he's not in jail yet when this is his Wikipedia page? Okay. Following his kickboxing career, he began offering paid courses and memberships through his website and later rose to fame promoting an ultra-masculine, ultra-luxurious lifestyle. A self-described misogynist, Tate's controversial commentary has resulted in his suspension from all social media platforms. (laughs) The Romanian police, this is why, how Greta got him, and this is what they got him for. Romanian police allege that the group coerced victims into creating paid pornography for social media. Wait a second. So can I just pause and say it was an MLM for dudes. It's a Tupperware party of sex trafficking. Yes. And this is his Wikipedia page. This isn't anything but his Wikipedia page. He's a bad fucking dude. And there are so many people. And of course, then, because I didn't know who he was, I went down the rabbit hole. And he's like a global Joe Rogan, but worse. Oh, no. He makes Joe Rogan look like Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're in the same. Maybe they have some like overlap of fans. I would prefer if it's between. But like, yeah, that's what I mean. His fans. He's such a bad guy. But so many young men think he's he's really cool and great. And I just got to say, you know, guys, if you hate women so much, like you don't have to hang out with us. Yeah. Find other people. A lot of us don't want to hang out with you. You can hang out with other dudes. It's okay. Like, especially in Europe, close male friendships are less stigmatized than they are in in the U.S. Like, it is okay. Hang out with each other Mm. and just, like, leave women alone. Like, leave us alone. 
Yeah. Ugh. Go away. Yeah. Do your own thing. Do your own thing. Do your own thing. Find, Find your, your own, own people. people. Drive your dumb cars off your own dumb cliffs. I don't give a fuck what you do. Just like I don't understand why it's like not only I hate women. Why won't these dumb bitches fuck me? Uh, it It's like, well, because you don't like them and they don't like you. Right. So stay away. Anyway. Anyway, oh, one quick more thing that about Andrew Tate and, and why whatever happens to him, he deserves. Uh, he moved to Romania originally because he thought that post Me Too, uh, Western society took rape too seriously. Um, yeah. So that's that's that. I hope he has the day he deserves. Anyway, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about some of the ins and outs of friendship. Do you want your friends to give it to you straight or do you want your friends to just be there to hold your hair back while you puke? Stick around. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe Mushroom Coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. 
Yeah. I have to. I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on a a couch nap. You know, you have, like, a, oh yeah. you've got, like, maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a, like, small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just, like, lay down for 20 minutes. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like— Denim shirt. Denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee, while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is. Like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just, like, beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're— they look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip and they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. And welcome back. You're listening to Hysteria. I'm still here. Alyssa's still here. We're going to bring in two more people. But first, I'm going to ask Alyssa a question. Alyssa, has this ever happened to you? You are having a conversation with a friend and you realize that your friend is the problem. Like yes. your friend is asking you for advice and it's like, you're hundred percent, hundred percent. How do you react when that happens? When I know they're the problem? Yeah. So, like, ever since the Taylor Swift song came out, I try to be funny about it um, and be like, hi, it's me. (laughs) I'm the problem. I'm like, if you heard that song, it's so funny. Um, (laughs) I try. So here's the thing. If they have come to me for advice and I'm listening and I'm like, you're the problem, I try to very nicely be like, have you thought about what, 
your actions might have, you know, elicited from this person? Like, how did you think, how did you think what you said was going to play out? How would you feel if I said that to you? That's how I try to do it. Hmm. Hmm. I'd imagine it doesn't always go well. Like, no. I'd imagine that sometimes the person hearing that is like, they, that's not what they want to hear. We're going to talk about that today. Like the slipperiness between being a good friend, quote unquote, and being honest and whether those two things always coexist. So I'm going to bring in the rest of our panel. Our first panelist is bringing her pod on tour in the Northeast this weekend. Get your tickets to any of the shows that aren't sold out. Ooh, big time. What? At that's messed up live.com. Kara Clank, welcome to Hysteria. Hello. It's great to be back. How are you guys? Uh, we're great. It's good to see your face. I know. I feel like you've been touring around. <laughs> I've been touring around, and when I'm not, I'm sick in a house with my children. Oh, no. <laughs> Have you and your family invented any new strains of virus that you can tell us about? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. My son is doing a thing where if he gets upset for two seconds, he throws up. He doesn't even have to work himself into too much of a lather. He just literally will be like, ah, and it's like, the doctor goes, yeah, he's just got a crazy gag reflex. And I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> like, I've never heard of this. I've never heard of that before like, either. So it's like, and he gets upset. I'm like, you're fine. You're okay. You're okay. Like, please don't throw up. Oh my goodness. Um, so that's, that's what I've been Oh no. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad that you get to be on tour and not in the same house as the vomit for yeah. like a little bit of time. <laughs> um, man, it's a good thing. He's so cute. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, and rounding out the panel, you can catch our next panelist in the new film, You Hurt My Feelings, which co-stars Julia Louis-Dreyfus and is premiering this week at Sundance. Michaela Watkins, welcome to Hysteria. Well, it stars Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I love that. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's another Nicole Howell Center film and they're, the two of them got together and it's so good, you guys. I cannot stand it. I cannot wait for you to see it. Wait, did you know you're going to be at Sundance with one Alyssa Mastromonaco? I'm not going. I'm, I'm sadly. What? I know. Oh. Shit, Le Alyssa. I, what, oh. what are you going for? I'm going because our documentary, Pretty Baby, Brooke Shields, is a selection. And we oh premiere on Friday. And I could Ooh. not get tickets to You Hurt My Feelings. You're oh. it's already. It was already sold out. Ah, wow. it's great. No, it's nothing but good news. When we heard yeah. you were sold out, we were like, we'll take it. Thank you so much. No, but I, I, congratulations on the Brooke Shields doc. I hear it's amazing. That's Thank fantastic. You. Um, I, yeah, no, I'm in England and, uh, and so I'm, I'm going to watch it here, uh, with three people. They've done a little, they're, they're setting up a little mini Sundance where hopefully, uh, I won't be able to get in because someone spelled my name wrong and there'll be a <laughs> DJ and tiny crab rolls uh, that are going to be passed around. Oh, that sounds amazing. Can no, you I'm tell kidding. us anything? That, that won't happen. That's, that's Sundance. That's Sundance. <gasps> I was going to oh. say the, the name being spelled wrong is something I live in fear of every time I go someplace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Michaela, 
just for our listeners and mm-hmm. some some BTS and behind the scenes, Michaela is in England and she has been talking about sweaters for like the last ten minutes. Yeah, um, because that's <laughs> what you that's what what happens to you when you live in England. That should probably be my sanity corner. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us anything about the film? You hurt my feelings is actually right on par with what we're talking about today. Uh, it's about a, except it's in a romantic couple when two people are creative and, or, or when one person is at least creative and it turns out that their partner um, doesn't think that their latest uh, creative achievement is very good. And oh. yeah. Oh, wow. And what happens? Oh. So, Yeah. Oh man, I don't know if I can watch this movie. <laughs> I know. I know. Wow. When I when I called when I called the director to say, who wrote it, I said, you know, to Nicole, I was like, oh my God, I love it. But now I think Fred is lying to me all the time. And she goes, <laughs> of course he is. I think you're lying to me right now. <laughs> um so yeah, it, it does dovetail really well with what we're talking about today, which is like, how do you navigate the murky waters of friendship when your friend is telling you something and you're not sure if what you should do is be honest with them or be supportive of them? Kara, uh, are you good at giving advice in those situations and why or why not? Well, I mean, I think it really depends on the friendship specifically. Like I have a friend who has been my friend since third grade and recently was broken up with again. Mm. And I said, she's somebody I can just go out and say, I was like, you need to work on yourself. Like you need to figure out why this is happening because you are being too selfish in these relationships and you are turning people away. And she's like, I know, you know, she can accept that for me because we are friends from childhood and I know how to talk to her. There are some friends I would rather died and say something like that to them, you know? So I think it depends on the friendship. I do, I do try to give good advice. I, I think I try to like gently say, well, is it possible they thought this or whatever? When you're like, yes, it's you. Hi, you're the problem. It's you. Like, you know, like I, I definitely try to do that, but then, you know, you have those friends that are like, no, but you know, and are so defensive. So it is so tricky. It is such a slippery friendship area. But yeah, I, I definitely just think it's so case by case. Who I would say what to is case by case with my friends. Hmm. Michaela, what is your take on that? Are you good at giving advice? And have you ever kind of accidentally given advice when what someone wanted was like support and affirmation? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, that's how you learn to be a good friend, I guess, right? It's like getting reprimanded for that. But uh, I like to think I give pretty good advice. And I think the older I get, the better friend I am and the better advice giver I am. And I think the reason for that is because I try to suss out real quick what it is they want from me. Are they wanting advice? Are they wanting an ally? Are they wanting someone to say you did nothing wrong? Are they just wanting love? Like, are they just a wounded person who just wants someone to say that they just love them and just to hear them? So are they in a, in a household where nobody listens to them and they just need an ear? So I think that there's that. And also, if you are coming to me, you are going to get that, all those things, plus a dose of some honesty, because I don't, I'm just not a good liar. So, you know, don't go to Starbucks if you want to buy a a, a vacuum cleaner. Like, don't come to <laughs> don't come to me if you want absolutely no honesty sprinkled in. But I am very 
thoughtful now about how I do it. I remember I was doing some acting job and and Amy Poehler was next to me. And she said, you know, I have a pack with my friends that for, it was either 10 days, 10 months or 10 years. I can't remember, but it was something (laughs) like that. She said, I'm not going to give any advice unless somebody asks. I'm going to like really stick to this. I'm not going to give advice unless somebody asks. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And I lasted about 10 minutes, you know, before I was like, (laughs) you know, you should do. (laughs) And so, you know, of course we will give somebody advice if they weren't asking for it, but you got to vibe what the person wants. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, how do you suss that out? That's, I think, uh, Michaela's like, just spot on. It's like if someone's coming to me and you can tell by the way they approach you, if it's like, Alyssa, I got this problem. What do you think? And they lay it out for you. That's one thing. Then there's forum shopping. When you can tell they've talked to a bunch of other people and they just want you as like a notch in their tote board that's like, see, Alyssa agreed with me. I do not engage in that. That to (laughs) me is a waste of my time. And because when people, it's always funny. I don't know if you guys find this. The people who come to me, like when your dearest, closest friends that you know you can have real talk with come to you, it starts very much as a conversation. Like this is what happened. This is what I did. What do you think it meant when this person responded that way or something like that? Then there are the people who come, they're like, you're not going to believe what happened. What do you think? And they like kind of shouted at you. And it's like, here's everything I did and why I was right. <laughs> like if they position themselves as having been right, they're not looking for anything, but right. you're be like, you're a genius. That's brilliant. <laughs> of course. And the truth is, that's maybe where I'm a bad friend because I'll just give them what they want. I'm not going to, like there is nothing more. Well, there are many things more, but it is highly upsetting when you really dig into someone's problem with them and then you realize that you're they were just forum shopping and they do the opposite of what you suggested anyway. And you're like, well, fuck you. Yeah. Get off, get away from me. <laughs> so I think that to me, I really it's all I think so much of it is in how they come to you with the problem mm-hmm. you can really kind of sense in a minute. Do they really want some real talk? Like if someone I have a friend who came to me and she's like, Alice, look at my job. Here's what I said, you know, and they kind of know they're like, here's what I said. And here's how they responded. And what do you think? I'm like, well, I think you put your fucking foot in your mouth is what I think. They're like, yeah, that's what I was afraid of. You know, like that's one thing. But then when the person comes to you and like Michaela said, and suddenly you're like, well, in what tone did you say it? Well, what do you mean? In what tone did I say it? I was like, okay, we're good. Never mind. I'm sure you were right. I'm sure you were right. Kara, you're nodding. What is what's coming up for you? Oh no, I just I know exactly what you're talking about, and it make, it does make me crazy because I feel as though those different reactions that you're talking about, Alyssa, for me, it tends to be the same thing that the same friend is always like. The, uh, to me, a friend yes. doesn't come to me one a time. Pattern. Yes, it's like yes. a pattern. I don't have a friend that's like one day I want your sincere advice and the next day I know I'm right. Like th- it's usually yep. the same. I know I'm right. Friend comes to you o- over and over, so you know how to deal with that friend. So. I have so many friends that are like, they come to you with that, like, and I did this and this is like, and and what do you think? And you're like, "Uh, yeah, wow, that sounds tough. Uh, (laughs) You can't give advice. And if you do, they never take it. And that makes me crazy. If I spend like the emotional labor to like help you come up with a plan and think of something and then you go the opposite way, it it annoys me. Me too. I'm not saying you have Mm -hmm. to take all my advice. I'm not like a guru, but like, you know. 
Don't you feel, I, I feel like a little used yes. when I look back on those conversations. Like I am being weaponized in this person's mind. Like they just needed me to make them feel uh, empowered to continue their behavior mm-hmm. with other people. So in a way, like I am being used against my will to hurt other people by this person who is annoying and wrong. Do you know who I think of, Aaron? in those times? I have like a... a- when people come at you over like text for advice uh-huh. and you know that they're the people who aren't really looking for real thoughts, I call them the heart emojis. They just get the little heart emoji on whatever they said. That's all they get from me. They're like, sounds good. <laughs> sounds great. Let me know how it turns out. So if you're, if you're listening and all you ever get from me is heart emoji, you should stop asking. <laughs> Ooh, I am now newly paranoid that you're going to say you're, a, a uh, heart not, emoji. No one here has ever gotten the heart emoji unless it's just an LOL. Um, Michaela, have you ever been on the other side of an interaction like where you've gone to a friend and what you really want is support and they've been like, listen, you're fucking up and you're like, what? Like, how, has yeah. that ever happened? How did it go? Yeah. Um, there was a few years where I was going through breakup and it's what one of my friends has coined the my crazy time. <laughs> and uh, I, I pulled everybody in the entire planet of whether I should stay in my relationship or not. And, uh, and I just had one friend who kind of just was like, you're, you're being crazy. And I, I can't take, I can't take it. (laughs) How are you being crazy? Like, well, my emotions were so heightened. You know, I just, I, I thought I just didn't, I I was out of my mind in honesty. Like I didn't think it at the time, at the time I thought I was asking a friend for help and that I was being thoroughly rejected. And I was so hurt and I was so debilitatingly, um, heartbroken uh, because I felt like I would never have done that to you. If you came to me in a time of need, I never, ever would have rejected you. And you just did, you just did it in retrospect. And like five years later, whatever, when we came back together again, I, I apologized. And I was like, I was a, I was a crazy pain in the ass and you were putting up a boundary and your boundary was really tough and really mean. And I was really tender and really sensitive. And we weren't a match at the time. But she was going through something and didn't want to deal with my shit. And I was confounded at how anybody could look to a friend and say, I, I, I can't deal with you right now. Like, that's just not in my emotional vocabulary. So mm-hmm. we weren't a fit at the time. We were a great fit before it, and we were a great fit after it. We weren't a friendship that could endure that kind of duress. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was telling, you know. But a solid, solid person, and I love this person dearly, we're just, we weren't compatible in, you know, in in a, t- a crunch time. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of guy, like, find me. If you're in pain, if you're upset, if you're anything, I'm your gal. Like, mm-hmm. Come get me because I, 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 I'm there for you, you know, and that's what I mean. Like know where you're going for what you're going for. You know, mm-hmm. I thought this friend was so smart, which is why I was like, tell me, tell me this, tell me that. And she, she was so smart that she was like, doesn't matter what I say, you're out of your ever loving mind right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I, I respect her. I love her, but, but 
but I'm the guy that you come to if you're really just feeling unmoored and lost because mm-hmm. I can handle a, a friendship crisis. I can handle like anything you you come to me with. Like I, if you if you tell me you're dying, I can be there. I don't shut down. Like these are not the things where I'm like, oh, I got to get out of here. This is too heavy. Nothing's mm-hmm. too heavy. It's fine. Sounds we'll like get you, through it. you process people's problems like a sommelier. You're like, hmm, notes of needing me to <laughs> listen. <laughs> Uh, and a nice little finish of pep talk is is what I'm. <laughs> Friendship's a great vintage. Um, yeah, it's a it's it's a little dry, um, but fruity. Uh, this one's fruity. Uh, yeah. No, that's it, it. Just it does sound like there's a lot of subtleties that it takes a long time to learn about. Well, this is the key. You got it take it in without taking it on. And I know that sounds like some Brene Brown bullshit or something like that, but I just mean like you really got to let let it wash over you so that you can hear the person, but don't, don't feel like you have to go fight their battle. I don't feel like I have to go fight any of my friends' battles for them. So it's very easy to, to, to be there for them because it's just like loving, but I don't get that thing where I get like, I'm going to go with you tomorrow and yell at your kid's teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Karen, is it easy for you to take it in without taking it on? Or do you find that your experience with it is different? Yeah, I was going to say, you know who's so good at taking it in and not taking it on is men. Uh, They are so good at that. (laughs) My husband will be like, wow, that sounds tough. What are we having for dinner? Um, so, like, no, I I think that that is the key, but I do I struggle with that sometimes because I will be like I, I won't be like I'm coming with you like on the crusade, but I will feel like so horrible for somebody going through something that it'll like bum me out. Like if you know, I'll just be thinking of someone a lot, and maybe that's a different thing, but. Um, yeah, I, that's, it's so important because like to, you have to just be there. Like, yeah, you're listening to someone. You can offer output if that's what they want, but like you have, you, you can't take on everybody's th- And I have friends that do that. And it, it just like, they spiral it wait They, every single person's little thing they have going on. They're like, well, and did you hear what's going on with her and her thing at work? And it's like, is it your thing at work? I don't understand why we're we're at a 10 right now and you don't even work at this company. Like it's so, you know. Sometimes I get the impression, you know, there are, and and this is like a very small number of people, small but dangerous, like the kind of emotional vampire type people who will share, like overshare problems because they want you to join them in feeling bad. Mm-hmm. Ha- yes. Have you ever had that? Alyssa, you're you're nodding. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I do. I have a, a friend who really, uh, she likes to just unload it all to the point that I'm just fucking beat down. You know, that like, this is everything that's how, it's kind of like a, she sets it up in such a way. And I've, I have, it's funny because I'm not great I take it on. You know, if someone really unloads on me, you will get an email follow up from me that's like, here are five articles you should read about what you just told me. Or here are a couple (laughs) products that might help you with what you just told me. And then it's this one person who just specifically doesn't have a lot of friends in her life. And so for that, I feel sad because I feel like my life is so rich. (laughs) It took me a while to realize she didn't have a lot of people in her life because she is very toxic in how she engages her friends. And she would just unload everything on me, health things, all this stuff. And then I wouldn't hear from her for two weeks. 
And I'd be like, hey, dude, like you just told me all this stuff. How did the trip to the doctor go? How is this? How are you feeling? I'm fine. Why are you being so dramatic, Alyssa? I was like, why am I being dramatic? Because you basically sounded like you were going to die last week. <laughs> and so like to me, I um I have really tried to stop. Like I, I consider that a very one-sided friendship. She is actually one of the people who gets the heart emoji now. <laughs> <laughs> Because oh, because I realized that the validation, that everything she wanted from me really was validation and attention. And there was nothing. And, and the heart emoji gave attention almost in the same way as me FaceTiming back for 45 minutes would. So heart emoji it is. I think that's mm-hmm. a really important point because I have friends that um, they like they like being pitied. They, they feel mm-hmm. that they love the feeling of people pitying them. And so it is like a little bit of an emo- like emotional vampire thing. And... Yeah. 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 But that's, that's what I mean. Like you got to go to the right friendship store for that. Like if I want to be, if I want somebody to tell me I'm right, I know who I'm right. (laughs) 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 But the, but the thing, you know, I think what I hear from you, Alyssa is like, Here's me giving unsolicited. No, please. This is a safe space. We're we're on a show where we all give unsolicited advice. Um, But I think that uh, it's about boundaries, right? Yeah. I've been so that. Like, I remember I worked with this gal who was half my age. And she came in crying, so upset over this guy. And I was like, oh, you know what I got on you? years of breakups. Let me, let's roll up our sleeves and let's get in there. And I'm just like, I'm sharing to show that I'm relating and I'm, you know, giving her like personal stories and she's like starting to feel better. We order some French fries and we're tucking into those and we're having this great thing. And the next day she doesn't even like this guy anymore. She likes a new guy. And I was like, oh, well, fuck this. Do you know, and you know, one of the things that these many years of uh, my own mental health journey and figuring out what makes me tick made me realize about people like that is that I have an issue when it comes to these friendships. I like to be needed. I like it when people come to me. I like, you know, for people to be like, you know what? Alyssa will know. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the problem is I opened myself up to too many people who will just abuse that access. And Mm -hmm. the more I realized it, just the more cats I got, because guess what? They need me all the time. (laughs) I know how to deal with them and it's fine. But no, that was and it was a me thing, you know, for I let a lot of these very toxic people in because they needed me and I loved to be needed. And I just needed to find other outlets. You know, that Mm -hmm. was and and once I realized that, that's when she started getting a lot of heart emojis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing that is that is really tough is when a person, when a friend is constantly having crises about a romantic partner and coming to you with all of the stuff that the romantic partner did. And um, then you just end up having this like very bad opinion of the romantic partner. Like everybody's got problems in their romantic relationship. If you don't have problems, then, you know. And it's really hard when somebody's like in an emotionally abusive relationship and they keep coming to you and you keep giving them the, you know, let the river run. And they're ready to to go out there and break up with them. And then they just get back together over and over and over again. And that's another time where I had to learn to like, okay, boundaries, I got to pull it up. Like if they come to me, start complaining about this person. Now they get like a, a heartfelt 
a lot of heavy eye contact, nodding, and just going, mm-hmm, yeah, that's got to be hard. And no more, no more of my uh, energy is going to be going there because, you know, you realize like you're just on a journey and you've got to figure it out. And, you know, you just want someone to listen. So if you really want my advice, you'll let me know. But I think, I don't think you do. Yeah, they don't get the full Carly Simon. They don't get the full. Yeah, yeah, there's something also that's really rough about a person who you're close to who, do you have have any friends who are just like, that person's a fuck up. They're a fuck up. I love them, but they're a fuck up. Um, (laughs) And you have a person who is close to you, who comes to you after making a big fuck up, and they're like, I made a big fuck up. How do I do? uh, What do I do? And you're like, okay, cool. We're on that honesty level. I'm going to tell you, you did fuck up and here's what you need to do. And then just don't fuck up again. And then they come back to you and they're like, guess what? I did a fuck up. And you're like, how many times do I like, I feel as though once you open up that fire hose of just completely honest advice, that's sort of like the limit to where your friendship can go. And eventually you get to a point where you're like, I can't do anything for you anymore. And it's like hurting me to watch you hurt yourself, like step on a rake over and over again. Uh, Michaela, you're nodding. Well, I was going to say, Erin, you know, it's the best that you just made me think of is um, I have a couple of friends that we're all like on a text chain and, you know, video chat chain and everything like that. And I have two friends, two of them are in AA. AA people are the most brutally honest and self-aware <laughs> people I've ever known. And they to hear them talk to each other, there's a saying for everything. Like, no matter what is going on, they're like, well, you know what it is. If you're picking up the rock, then you're putting down the clock. <laughs> and it's just like, what? <laughs> well, I, what does that mean? Well, it's an AA expression. It means like, it basically, uh, if you're carrying someone else's load, then you're wasting your time. I just made that up. That's pretty good, though, guys. But anyway, um, but, but, but it's like, how did you guys do that? You just, you just gave each other the best advice in real time so fast, so brutally, and said, now you're doing to that person exactly that thing that you said that they're doing to you. And they can take it. They can take it because they've made lists, amends, all kinds of shit. Yeah. And so <laughs> they're they're like, while they're, it, it may feel like they're, the, 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 um, their nerves are a little more exposed and probably processing a lot more stuff than maybe other friends, like, it is astonishing to to see people in twelve step. Like oh yeah, people in recovery are mm-hmm. very a, a very specific type of friend in my experience mm-hmm. and anecdotally. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we have to wrap up this part of the conversation and take a break because we need to do sanity corner slash I feel petty. I feel like it's very important this week. So uh, if you're listening, stick around. We will be right back. Donald Trump can't leave the courtroom, so just to rub it in a little, Pod Save America is going on tour. He's probably asleep right now, but if he were conscious, he'd be so, so jealous. The Democracy or Else tour begins in Brooklyn on June 26th, followed by Boston on June 28th. Then we go to Madison, Phoenix, Ann Arbor, and Philly. See all the tour dates and get your tickets now at crooked.com slash events. Guys, it's been a rough year. 
it's going to get rougher and you deserve a little treat for not going insane yet. You could head to the local tiki bar and tell the bartender, do your worst. But we have a better idea for you, which is pick out something from the Crooked store. The store is stocked with tons of new merch. It's perfect for the spring. And classics like the Friend of the Pod tees that you'll be wearing long after the next administration or the next fascist dictatorship, depending on how things go. Pick up a new tee for the warm weather ahead, a mug that'll remind you to stay involved this election year, or a hat celebrating your favorite pod. Go to crooked.com slash store to shop. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com. And this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. And welcome back. We have almost reached the end of the show, but we're not quite there yet. We have to tell you what is keeping us sane or what we're feeling petty about this week. Sani, petty. Alyssa, why did you go first? You guys, I'm feeling a little petty and uh, I'm waiting for uh, icons and text chat messages to pop up from our producer, Caroline, because guys, I had never watched Homeland before and I started binging it last week. Uh And Guys, what the fuck? What has everybody been talking about? (laughs) This show is crazy. (laughs) It's bonkers. Caroline hates this already. Now, look, I appreciate Carrie is always right. I'm up to season four. Carrie is always right. (laughs) However, I am tired, whether it's Emily in Paris or Homeland, of watching people continue to make bad decisions. Bad decision after bad decision. It stresses me out. I'm still watching the show. I'm keeping an open mind. Caroline has told me everything that's good about this show, but I'm just saying right now, the only person I give a shit about is Saul. Saul. Yeah, (laughs) we have to protect Saul. Listen, in my opinion, the first two seasons were good, and after that, it goes completely off the fucking rails, that show. That is, uh, why is everyone so miserable? Why do we have to spend so much time on the daughter? I get why she's a disaster, but do I have to be involved in it? Oh, the daughter's the worst. <laughs> she's maybe one okay. of the most hated Thank television you, characters. She's one of the most hated television characters. Like, Season one daughter. up. Shut up. No. It's, uh, do you know how I feel like a lot about, and Caroline says season four redeems. I just started it last night, okay? And Caroline, I started it and I was like, you know what? I'm a little sleepy. I'm going to pause and pick it up tomorrow. So I start on a totally fresh note. But I'm just saying there's a lot wrong with the show. But what do you mean season one daughter? Is there a season two well, daughter? Well, the no. story just changes. And so, like, we're not on oh, that family okay. anymore. But, like, um, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. But, but, like, <laughs> the daughter is, I was thinking the other day, I saw such an annoying character. And my husband and I were like, she rivals season one Homeland daughter. Like, we were talking about her. Like, she's one yes. of the worst characters. <laughs> Like, but I am open-minded and I'm going to see where it goes. And season one was very interesting and I enjoyed it. But I'm just saying, 
Oh my God, this show went on for a long time. And how, speaking of going on for a long time, how about that opening credit sequence? My God. And you get out of here. There's it's not like even, experimental there's not jazz even skip, for two minutes. Get out of here. Skip function. <laughs> it's like. Maybe that's the why fun? they invented the skip function. Yeah, uh, it is entirely possible. So anyway, I'm going to keep at it and I will give my final assessment after season fucking eight. But <laughs> yeah. right now, shit went on for a long time. Wow. Sounds like you should stick with it for eight seasons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sunken cost. I think the thing is when you sink cost into something, you should continue to spend your time and energy. And I think that's what the sunken cost fallacy principle Principle. It's mostly for Caroline because she and I have very similar tastes in TV and she was repelled by my take on Homeland. So I want to give her the benefit of the doubt and I'm going to keep watching. Yeah, I think. OK, so I watched all of it during like the height of pandemic 2020. So there's like these very close associations between that show and like feeling sad for me. Yes. But the scene, there's like a scene when she's like in Germany and she's like snorting crushed drugs to be like, Bad gets me decision. there fast. Bad it's just like, decision. she's like, I gotta use this like Popeye with a spinach. She's like, <laughs> you know what? Get- <laughs> we should have had her, her TV sister on for the, for the uh, help and advice section of this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Cause that poor bitch got dragged into more shit. I swear to oh, God. Just you wait, oh, just yeah. you wait. I mean, oh, that sister ends up doing a lot. The one thing about Homeland is, I watched it live, like, as it came on, and they kind of really predicted the Russia stuff way in advance. They, yeah. They, like, talked about Russia content farms and, like, to, like bots and stuff, like, way before that was, like, being talked about. Anyway. <laughs> Kara, do you want to go next? Oh, uh, sure. I would love to go next. I'm going to do a sanity corner. Um, listen, um, I was stuck inside my house for 17 full days with my children while they were sick and or Los Angeles was being deluged in rain. And so I was going absolutely insane in the last part of 2022. And the only thing that got me through it was Coke, um, not cocaine. Um, <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, whoa. Can you imagine how fun that would be if I was just like, guys, I'm blowing rails and I'm living my best life. No. Full fat Coca-Cola is really <laughs> getting me through the day sometimes. It's such a nice little treat. I know it's horrible for you and it's full of sugar and I just love it. I'm not a Diet Coke person. I'm a full Coke. You can call it full fat, original recipe, whatever you, uh, Coke heavy, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I see the red can with the silver writing and I'm like, oh, that's going to make me feel so much better. <laughs> Because I don't, the other thing, I don't drink coffee. I don't drink any coffee or caffeine, really. So it's the only thing that kind of like, if I'm really like dragging, I'm like, ooh, yeah, baby. Like, so that's my. (laughs) Wait till you try coffee. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like Coke without bubbles and it doesn't taste good and it's hot. I know. That's what I, I don't like the taste of coffee. Yeah. So I've never drank it. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's, you know, whatever. I like it because it's sort of like halfway in between Coca-Cola and cocaine. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, of waking me up. <laughs> I'm um, not trying to say also, even that I'm having a can a day, it's really a treat and it's really just carrying me through some of these long stretches of um, life and parenthood that I'd rather just not be participating in. Yeah, you got to get it where you can find it. You got to get it where you can find it. Um <laughs> Yeah, we just got our Christmas boxes shipped from the relatives because we we went on a road trip for Christmas. And so all of the toys that both sets of families got for the baby are just arriving in the house. And our house is just a 
I'm buried wow. in infant toys. We have too, <laughs> too many toys. I finally understand now why like most little kid birthday invitations are like, please, please do not bring presents. I say no gifts. I'm like, we cannot candle another stuffy in this house. Like another stuffed animal cannot cross the threshold of this home. <laughs> um, I'm going to do, I guess, a bit of a sanity corner and how it has kind of reached its run its course, right? I just saw a friend the other day, uh, Francesca Fiorentini, friend of the show, been on the show a few times. She just had a baby like three months ago. So cute. She was was wearing a flight suit and she looked awesome because everybody looks awesome in a flight suit. We live in a flight suit heavy neighborhood in Los Angeles. Um, And, you know, I was like, you look great. This is such a cool outfit. She's like, I know it's less to think about. We're so lucky to be moms in a time of flight suits. And I (laughs) completely agree. It's like the mom uniform of like, (laughs) cool moms and it it looks cool, but it's also like less work than actually picking out an outfit because it's one item of clothing. I thought that maybe the flight suits thing could extend to overalls. Like, can I wear an overall? Because you see moms wearing overalls in where where I live. A lot of moms, a lot of overalls. Can I do it? Uh, The answer is no. I look like I look like Miss Rachel when I wear like full overalls. Miss Rachel, if you don't have kids or you're not around kids, is an early childhood educator who makes these videos on YouTube that are aimed at very young kids. And she uses this voice that an early childhood educator would use. Can you say mama? Anyway, she wears overalls all the time. And when I put overalls on, I look like Miss Rachel. And so that is the limit of the like coverall flight suit aesthetic that has brought me so much joy and satisfaction in the haze of the first, you know, year plus of parenting, uh, overalls are my, my limit. And that is, uh, it's a little <laughs> bit of hit a the shame. Wall. <laughs> I know I wish, I wish I could pull off overalls, but I do look like Miss Rachel. And, and this is where I tap out. Other people look fine in them. I just can't do it. No, wait, can I suggest though, that I think you would look good in like one of those blousey linen, um, overalls that are like at a, a store that begins with a D near where we live. I think you probably know what I'm talking uh, about. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And like that whole vibe, I think you could pull off. Let's maybe not close the door. I think on like a Carhartt overall, we cannot do that. But I think Uh let's not close the door on a blousey linen overall. Like where you wear a tank top underneath and like it's for the summer. Yeah. Do you (laughs) know what I mean? I have those. I have all kinds of overalls. And I'll say the blousey linen is a totally different vibe. It's a different okay. ball well, Carol, when you're back in town and you're free and yes. not, none, of our, none of our families are ill, <laughs> uh, we will go together and put together a, a montage of me trying yes. on blousey <laughs> linen overalls in the store that starts No, I D. think you need to ask Crooked if you can take over the live for the day. And we're going to like, that'll just be the whole thing. <laughs> Get like, this mom a pair of overalls. <laughs> Shop, 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 shop. <laughs> shop, shop. Uh, Michaela, what is uh, Sanity Corner or I Feel Petty today? Uh, I think this is a petty. Okay. Although, could be a sanity if you do it right. <laughs> Guys, this just in. <laughs> Sorry, I'm really hyping this up. Uh, we've been lied to by the American corporate chocolate makers. Okay. I am in Great Britain right now. And I'm eating chocolate that you buy at a like their version of a 7-Eleven. And it is truly the most exquisite, delightful, prepackaged, mass-produced chocolate I've ever had in my life. This is not, this is chocolate. We don't have chocolate in the United States. 
<laughs> when you eat an M&M or a Hershey's or a Nestle or any kind of Halloween candy, we're eating bullshit. We're eating plastic, <laughs> melted, brown candle wax. We're not eating chocolate. I know that. <laughs> we are not eating chocolate. The Cadbury's that you can, that I know are a British brand that you can buy in the United States. Delicious. Are not even, they're made in the United States and they're also shitty. Oh no, my mini <gasps> eggs? My yes. Cadbury mini eggs? What? But they're BS. If I love you have a Cadbury egg. cream egg, what? which is something that I used to love. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, when did these become gross? Because they became gross. I didn't outgrow them. They <laughs> they became gross. Not my ability to eat crappy candy. That That's still firmly intact. It's that they became bad. When you come to England and you eat the Cadbury cream eggs here, it's a whole other experience. Wow. Uh, like the, the Cadbury flake. I am so desperate for a real Cadbury <laughs> cream egg. You so gross. Yeah. They have gotten so gross. gross. The caramel eggs used to be good. I mean, I'm not a cream egg. I'm team. I'm not team cream. <laughs> I'm team caramel. Um, but uh, they got bad in the last few years. And I thought it was just like, oh, I guess I just don't like these anymore. But no, they no. it turns out it's their problem. They're, They're the, the problem, problem. Not me. Yes. I just, I just had this conversation with an Irish person last summer. He was like, your candy here is so disgusting. It tastes sour. And I was like, what are you talking about? I love Hershey, like chocolate. And then, but I have been to the UK where like lion bars yeah. are so good. Everything like, is good. All these different candy, have you had triple deckers. Cadbury Ooh. flake. Mm. Have you had buttons? Yeah. Buttons are like Hershey kisses, except they taste like chocolate instead of, you know, a, a <laughs> pot holder. It's all so good. It's all so good. I'm so jealous. And I haven't eaten yet today. And now all I want to do is just bury my face in some chocolate. Just go online and import some some chocolate. I'll send you some. Guys, now I know what I'm doing. This is going to be easy. All right. Awesome. You can also get it. I think some stores will sell like British No, no, no. No, no, no. That's my point. Thank you for bringing that up, Karen. There, that's my point. <laughs> is that some of the some of the places that you can buy it are not real. Now there is a place I oh. think near Silver Lake in Los Angeles that is a British, yeah. specifically a British import store. And if you can uh-huh. find one of those, for sure. But if it just uh-huh. is like, oh, we have British candy, don't fall for it. Make sure yeah, right, do due diligence. Right. Check the, bu- the check the wrapper, and if it says made in the USA, throw it right in the trash. A hundred, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. Run over it with your car in solidarity. Because it's gonna <laughs> burn it It's just fire. gonna taste like a tire anyway. So, oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Well, that is all the time we have for this episode because we all have to rush to our nearest We Britain or British import store or whatever and buy some real <laughs> chocolate because Michaela really sold all of us. Kara uh, and Michaela, thank you so much for joining this week. This was a lot of fun. Alyssa, thank you for being my ride or die. And thanks to all of you, the listeners. If you like what you're hearing, tell your friends, write us a nice review, and there will be more hysteria for you next week.
Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Rustin is our senior producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer. And Fiona Pastana is our associate producer. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis are the sound engineers. And our editor is Sarah Gibalaska and the folks at Chapter 4. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Mia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroote. <laughs>